This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Genesis 49, verse 8 through 12. Look down at your Bible. Pages are turning, which is a pleasant sound. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. What tribe is Jesus from? Say Judah. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Amen. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. Thus the name Lion of Judah. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter, or the kingdom, shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Listen to this. Binding, this is Genesis, binding his donkey to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes, speaking of his sacrifice and his blood and the wrath of God. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. Hallelujah. This is amazing. Zechariah 9, verse 9. I want to show you these Old Testament prophetic promises regarding Palm Sunday. Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Another translation says, your king comes to you lowly, lowly, riding upon a donkey. What will Jesus ride when he breaks the eastern sky? A horse. A white horse, right? Which also is prophetic. Nonetheless, you must be trusted with a donkey before you are trusted with the glorious horse. Lowliness precedes glorification. Isaiah 56, 7. Too much Bible? Sorry. Very quickly. I know this is, this is a great way to just help you out. We worship a lot here for a long time. So I just want you to know we're going to sing a lot around here. And, and I will probably never dial it down because some people don't want to. I, I love everyone. I just want you to know if anything, it's, we're going to turn it up. So if you're in and you're ready to go because the kingdom suffers violence and it's moving like a locomotive, this is the place for you. And we love the word of God here. So you're going to get a lot of worship and a lot of Bible. 
give it a year and you'll never be the same. I promise you. Isaiah 56 verse 7. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. A presence-driven environment must be a prayer and worship-driven environment and the byproduct should be joy. I will make them joyful. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. This is all going somewhere. Psalm 118, verse 24 through 26. Psalm 118, verses 24 through 26. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> Somebody got it. <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There you go. There you go. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray. Give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Where did Jesus go when he entered the holy city? Straight to his father's house. This is loaded. Okay? When he overturned the tables because people made a mockery of the temple and used it to merchandise, what did he say? You have turned my father's house into a den of what? Thieves. So Jesus had a zeal for what? His father's house. So Jesus enters the city lowly, riding on a donkey, but filled with zeal. Filled with focus. He knew where he was going. If you're wondering why, well, I don't want to get, get to preaching. Let me keep teaching. Ezekiel 44, verse 1 through 3. All of these scriptures in the Old Testament pointing toward the day where the Messiah would enter the holy city. Isaiah 44, verses 1 through 3. I don't think you guys have... I'm sorry, Ezekiel, forgive me. Forgive my sin. He knows our frame. We are but dust. What is man that you are mindful of us, Lord? All right. Ezekiel, thank you. 44, 1 through 3. I'm actually going to read out of the modern English version, but you can put the New King James up. Then he brought me back to the gate. This is Ezekiel seeing prophetically into the future. He brought me back to the gate of the outer sanctuary, which faces east, and it was shut. Then the Lord said to me, This gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened, and no man shall enter by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered it. Therefore it shall be shut. As for the prince, he shall sit in it as prince to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the vestibule of the gate and go out by the same way. Jesus, listen carefully, Jesus entered the holy city by the eastern gate. The Ottomans, when they occupied the Holy Land, I find this super hilarious, closed the eastern gate in an attempt to keep the Messiah from entering. <laughs> All right, so, so check this out. When 
Jesus returns, they actually think that eight inches of brick is too much for the one who just pierced the sky <laughs> and returned in a glorified body. Think about that. I know what we'll do. Certainly he cannot handle concrete. <laughs> I mean, he has gravity handled, but concrete, no. I mean, he ascended to the right hand of the Father in front of 500 people, but not bricks and mortar. That is too much for the Lord. <laughs> Isn't it funny? It's, uh, the students have heard this. It's kind of like Adam and Eve losing everything. And I mean everything. Do you know everything you have ever suffered finds its origin in, in yielding to that temptation? Every issue in the world finds its origin there. And their amazing idea, their remedy to fix that calamity was this. Quick, make us some underwear made out of fig leaves. <laughs> that will solve the whole, every world war, every divorce, seriously, every sickness, every person lost. Their idea was quick, make me some underwear. And this is really a feeble attempt. It's the same thing. It's, we have to keep the Messiah out of the city we have conquered when the Ottomans conquered it. And if you go to Jerusalem today, which, by the way, we've already started conversations for an Israel tour in 22. Uh, yeah, it'd be, be a great time. That gate is still sealed. And, 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 and as, we, as, uh, as I continue to share more scripture, uh, we're going to talk about the return of Jesus and how that ties in uh, to, to Palm Sunday. Let's look at John's account of Palm Sunday here. John 12, verse 1, and we're going to read through 19. John 12, verse 1 through 19. All right. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who, where Lazarus was, who had been dead whom he had raised from the dead. And that is also part of his entry, by the way, into the holy city. It's connected. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Imagine that. Jesus is sitting at the table with the resurrected Lazarus. Then Mary took a pound of very costly spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus. She lived there. She lived low. There's an old saying, if Jesus wants your worship, don't give him a tuna sandwich. Martha seemed to love doing things, and though those aren't bad uh, in the presence of Jesus, they kind of are. In that, in that if Jesus wants worship, he wants worship. And there's nothing we can produce outside of love to make up for not giving him our love, okay? Mary anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. That is lowly. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take 
what was put in it. A couple things I want to touch on here. Number one, Judas never understands worship. That spirit always makes little of worship. You didn't get that. That spirit, through deception, elevates taking care of the poor, even though they don't. Elevates, let me put it this way. It demotes the blessedness of worship and elevates social work that they don't even do. And if you look at the, the America today, thank God for worshiping churches who are actually feeding the poor. Because worshiping churches are filled with his presence, and when you're filled with Jesus' presence, he leads you to the poor. There's a real deception going on, especially in America. It's, 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 it's a move against intimacy and trying to replace it with fixing society by bringing reconciliation. The only problem with that is you cannot have unity around unity. You can only have unity around the presence of God. And if you don't worship, you will not have the presence of God. And if you don't have the presence of God, you will always be divided. Why are we united? Because of Jesus. Think about it. Movements that unite around initiative, initiative alone have to keep the initiative going just to stay alive. And they lose the twinkle in their eye. But you think about the heroes that we talk about today. Whether it's Catherine, whether it's I, Joel, uh, Jose, stand up. Look, he's got a, a shirt with Amy on. Amy Simple McPherson. I love that. I'm watching our drummer and he's got a shirt with Amy on there. I'm like, I love our team. This is amazing. What was so beautiful about Amy? The presence of God. What was so wonderful about Catherine? The presence of God. What was so wonderful about John G. Lake? The presence of God. Mariah Woodworth Eder, the presence of God. William Seymour, the presence of God. And what does Jesus say here? The poor you will have with you always. It doesn't mean don't feed the poor. It just means feed the poor with Jesus in your countenance. And you can't have that unless you're with him. So there's a spirit at work here. That Judas spirit that hates worship and makes little of worship and tries to justify the hatred through social initiative. Not realizing that the fuel that changes society, the reason I can empty my pockets is because I know Jesus is watching. It's a presence issue. Does that make sense? So if I don't give the poor my money, which we should, if I don't, it's a presence issue to me. I, I fear that he'd turn his voice off. But the church, the moment the church demotes worship, the church loses the presence of God. And when the church loses the presence of God, it is no longer a church. It cannot be. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. So if he's not there, it's not his. All right, sorry, it's supposed to be teaching, but it's the truth. So, so, so if you get people, I mean, look at this crowd, so many different colored faces. 
If you get people looking at the lamb, you'd be amazed at who God can bring together. Really. Some of you make more money than others. Some of you are from different places in the earth. But when you come into his presence, he blinds you to everything. And that's where you experience being the family. That's how it happens. And so Judas speaks up here. He's like, I don't like what she just did. Of course you don't, because you're a thief. I've discovered this. The people, people who say, you guys sing too long. Okay, here's the question. What would you like us to replace that with? You answer it. What is it? What would you like? What you're really saying is, I've reached my limit and I need you to become icy to justify my dead heart. Your fire provokes me and exposes me. Your purity, oh man, this is supposed to be, we're supposed to start slow, because this is only our fourth, third week, fourth week, sorry baby, fourth week, she's like four, four. what's that? 90 on 95. Yeah, 90 on 95, running from the repos. All right, listen, listen, listen. What you're saying is that worship, the purity of that worship exposes my mixture. My mind is on other things. I'm a distracted lover. There's a word for that. It's called adultery. So if you want to cheat on Jesus with your thoughts, we're not. We're going to sing until he comes back. And, and here's, here's the deal. Here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. When he does come back, we're going to sing forever. All right. All right. All right. Calm down, Nico. Tell him all to calm down. Calm down. There you go. All right. I just don't like that spirit because it's a demon. I don't like the way Amy and Natasha dance. Why? Well, do, you, do, you think, do you think that offends God more than you doing this? We could, we could, we could, oh, okay. Hold on. Nah. Let's kill, Goliath. Let's kill Goliath this morning. All right, listen up. That judgmental spirit attacks worship every time. And what it says is you guys should be feeding the poor. Do you know how much money Jesus Image gave away during COVID? Almost $200,000 to help the community. You need to know that because this is your church. But our message is not give money away for COVID. Our message is Jesus. And he fuels that. Do you understand? So, 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 so listen carefully. Usually it comes in that line or we say we need to be balanced. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. What do you think God has a bigger issue with? This? Or possibly Amy or Natasha being a little too excited when they dance? Bill Johnson said this, I've never seen a single revival end because of too much passion. <laughs> but I'll tell you that one little devil that... that, that it tries to ruin what God is doing in environments like this. It's this one. I've been there, done that. Please perform for me so I can get out of here. 
And if anyone's listening, there's a group who comes every Sunday night for worship, and then they bolt, and they leave. Lovingly, I, I don't, let me just say this. The Jesus people love what Jesus says, and that's found in the scriptures. So we need the seats. I just want to say we need the seats. So don't just come for the worship. Say it's not a concert. The whole thing is about Jesus. And if you can't sit through the teaching of the word, then it's just not who we are. It's not our DNA. I know, I know if you're looking for a safe church, this is not the one. I'm sorry. And I didn't, I didn't mean to go down this road, but it's needed and I feel the oil of the spirit on it. So we're going to do it. Let's keep reading so I can get out of trouble here. This he said, listen, this he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. Can you, could you imagine stealing from Jesus? Oh my gosh. Yet Jesus still picked him. With another teaching. But Jesus said, oh, I love this, leave her alone. In other words, I love what she's doing. Don't you talk to her that way. If somebody criticized our worship team to their face and I was there, we'd probably end up on the ground. <laughs> I understand that leave her alone thing. Don't you, don't you talk about her that way. She's found the better part. Don't, don't you bother her. She's the only one in the building doing it. And I love it. Listen. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Jesus trumps anything you think you're doing for him. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus. That's fair enough. He'd been raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The next day, a great multitude had come to the feast. So the next day, a great multitude descended for Passover on the holy city of Jerusalem and went I added that part. <laughs> when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I read that to you guys. That is from Psalm 118. That is a prophetic utterance of the Messiah coming. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it. Another prophetic fulfillment, as we just read. As it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, I love that. Then they remembered that these things were written about him. And that they had done these things to him. What does that mean? When Jesus was glorified, they remembered. Do you remember when Jesus said, I believe in John chapter 7, why the Spirit had not yet been given? Do you remember his answer? Because he had not yet been glorified. So this is pointing to the coming of the Spirit. In that, now that Jesus was glorified, the Spirit came and all of a sudden the disciples remembered everything they had read in the Old Testament. And Jesus said that 
of the Spirit. He said, he will remind you of everything I have ever spoken, which is Old Testament included. He's the Word made flesh. So the best way to remember your Bible is to read it with the Holy Spirit. Become a friend of the Spirit. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised from the dead bore witness for this reason. The people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Oh, I love that. I said I love that. Now, we're going to wrap this up. Listen carefully. Jesus, this is so powerful. You may want to help me, buddy, but just softly. Jesus receives ministry at Bethany. And one of our most consistent prayers here is, Lord, make us a Bethany. Say it out loud. Lord, make us a Bethany. Okay, Jesus chooses to rest at Bethany and be with his friends. There's a big difference between being a Galilee and a Bethany. He worked wonders in Galilee, but he rested at Bethany. I want that. Because if you get the rest of Jesus, you get resurrection power that raised Lazarus. You get it all. We'll talk about that another time. So Jesus, Jesus comes to Bethany. Mary pours oil out on him. And he says something. She's anointed me for burial. All right. He leaves Bethany. That's about a day's journey to Jerusalem. And he has to go over the Mount of Olives. He gets to the Mount of Olives. Now, you have the Mount of Olives here, a valley called the Kidron Valley, and then you have Jerusalem or Mount Zion here. So it goes Mount of Olives, Kidron Valley, which is where all the tombs are. So he would have to walk down that valley and up toward Jerusalem. And while he looks at Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, he begins to cry. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you as a hen gathered her chicks. And then he pronounces the judgment, tells them what would happen. And then he says, why? Because you didn't know the hour of your visitation. Check this out. Listen. Catherine Kuhlman used to say, in her opinion, the greatest sin was to ignore the Lord. Obviously, blasphemy is the worst. But she wasn't speaking in that context. She's like, it's dangerous to ignore the Lord. It's very true. Jesus was saying to Jerusalem, the reason you're going to go through all that judgment is because I was there and you didn't know. A people, a church, a family goes through many difficulties that they don't need to go through because Jesus was there and they didn't give him attention. So Jesus goes down the valley and he walks up, up towards Zion. That's what we call going up to Zion, up to Jerusalem. And he walks through the eastern gate. Okay? That's what happened. That's what we just read. When he walks into the eastern gate, listen carefully, riding on the donkey. That's what we're celebrating today. Picture this. And may the Holy Spirit reveal it to you. He is wearing Mary's ointment. Imagine that. Here's the king riding lowly, coming into the holy city through the eastern gate. And as the wind is at his back or from his side, whichever direction the wind is blowing, people are aware of the king. 
They smell his fragrance. And that's what the Holy Spirit does today. The Holy Spirit takes the fragrance of Jesus that symbolizes the character of Jesus in the Old Covenant. The anointing oil, the spices, all speak of a different aspect of who Jesus is. Calamus is a sweet fragrance speaking of sweet fellowship with Jesus. Cinnamon speaks of worshiping Jesus. Myrrh is a a burial anointing saying that Jesus is a lamb of God who would die. All of this fragrance coming off the Lord throughout throughout the old covenant in the high priest. Now Jesus comes in. Imagine he's riding into the holy city on a donkey. And the wind is blowing and the city becomes aware. The king is here. Because Mary anointed him a day prior. Your worship, listen to this. Your worship here makes the world aware that Jesus is real. You pour your oil on the Lord. It'll change the world. Hallelujah. As Bill would say, that was very good. Good job, Bill. Zechariah 14.4, listen carefully. And in that day, speaking of the second coming, listen. His feet will stand on the mount of? Which mountain did Jesus come down when he entered? Now he's speaking of the second coming. Listen. He will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, the east gate. And the Mount of Olives will be split in two. From east to west, making a very large valley, half of the mountain shall move north and half south. All right, this is too much. This is way too much, but we need it. I just want the Spirit to force feed us, and we'll just hope to get it. All right. When Jesus comes down the mountain on on Palm Sunday and enters into the eastern gate, that was his way of saying, I am the king. One day, my feet will land on the same mountain. But this time, the mountain will break in half. Listen carefully. And with the saints, with ten thousands upon ten thousands, he will walk through the same valley and walk into the eastern gate and take his father's house and rule and reign as king of kings and lord of lords from the holy city of Jerusalem. Palm Sunday, this is amazing. Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday, yes, it's a beautiful day, but it's speaking of another day. That's why we read, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is another way of saying, you are the Messiah. Listen carefully. And the Messiah must be king. And you can't be a king unless you're anointed with oil. So the nation was saying, you're the anointed one who's been bathed in the Spirit. That's why you're the only one who can baptize in the Spirit because he rests on you eternally. That's qualified you. You are the king. Why did he raise Lazarus? I'll tell you why. When he raised Lazarus, it was a prophetic declaration that he would be your resurrection. It was his way of saying, I'm coming through the eastern gate. But I'm no average king. I raise the dead. That should make you happy. Really happy. Because if you pass away, let's say, here in Orlando or at Florida South in 100 years, whenever that might be, the one thing you're going to hold on to is this. He is resurrection. 
Every other series you will not remember. I guarantee you, you're not going to remember the series on how to fulfill your dreams. The one thing you're going to remember with your family standing around your bed is this. He is resurrection. He is life. He has secured my eternity. All right. So that's what Jesus declared. In closing, why palm branches? Ooh, this is good. And if you don't know Jesus, you're going to want to. Revelation 7, 9. Why palm branches? Revelation 7, 9 through 12. After these things I looked. This is John experiencing the Lord in the book of Revelation. And behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, speaking of the redeemed, with, say it, palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures, they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now, why palm branches? Because palm branches speak of victory. They speak of victory. Do you remember when David came into the city after he began dominating the Philistines? What would the women sing? Saul has killed his thousands and David his... So Jesus enters the holy city as victor. Listen carefully. When a king took a city, he would enter the city and they would line the streets and the people in the city would declare the victory of the king. Jesus comes in and the children, the little ones, begin blessing him, carrying palm branches, laying their clothes on the road. A declaration that Jesus is victor. They didn't know Jesus was going into that city to die. Not just die. To plunder the grave and come out of the ground. I, I want you to see Jesus focused coming into the city. Yes, they're worshiping him. But he is on a mission. Listen carefully. Most kings risk their lives to take the city. And once they're in, they do nothing. Jesus is the only king to come into the city to die. And to destroy the grave forever. And every time they waved those palm branches, they were declaring, you have conquered Satan. They didn't know. But Jesus knew. So they tried to shut him up. And what did he say? If they don't do it, the rocks will cry out. Even the rocks knew who came. And what broke open at the cross? The rocks. The rocks screamed and worshipped because nobody would. That was a fulfillment of Jesus' words. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv.
or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.